the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I love hearing that. Portions of this show may have been recorded. I love that. I love that. I love that. That's uh, that's being exactly precise. And it sounds a little odd, right? You want to hear pre-recorded, but there's no need to say pre-recorded. We've been through this. Welcome back. Um, I've, I'll, I'll do my monologue at the top of the third hour and um, just want to share a few thoughts with you off the top of this hour right here as we begin our day together. And it's a concern um, about the news cycle. You know, we often talk about how fast things move, how fast crises come and go. And it seems there's a weird thing about them that when they're unimportant, they linger just a little longer than when they're really important. Let's talk about what happened Friday night, shall we? Friday night, we got a massive, a major news story. A major news story about something that has plagued this country for about five, no, six years now, including an independent counsel slash special prosecutor and involved uncountable, innumerable calls for the impeachment of Donald J. Trump. And it had to do with the 2016 election hoax. And the news story was validating in a court of law under oath from the campaign manager of Hillary Clinton's campaign that she was the responsible party for authorizing that this hoax of a story get leaked to and released to the media just in front of the election of 2016. Where did it come from? It came from Hillary Clinton. And where did that story come from? The mouth of Robert Mook, Robbie Mook, who was her campaign manager. And where did he say that? In testimony under oath in the Durham investigation trial that took place on Friday. Surprise, surprise that how it comes in Friday late afternoon. In fact, I'm looking at the CBS story on it. It's datelined May 20th, 6.17 p.m. A lot of people paying attention to the news at 6.17 p.m. on a Friday night. Let me give you Jonathan Turley. The trial of former Clinton campaign attorney Michael Sussman crossed a critical threshold Friday when a key witness uttered the name Hillary Clinton in conjunction with a plan to spread the false Alpha Bank Russian collusion claim before the 2016 presidential election. For Democrats and many in the media, Hillary Clinton has long held a Voldemort-like status as she who must not be named in scandals. Yet, there was her former campaign manager, Robbie Mook, telling a jury that Clinton personally approved a plan to spread the claim of co covert communications between the Trump Organization and the Russian bank. It was one of the most successful disinformation campaigns in American politics, and Mook implicated Clinton as green lighting the gaslighting of the electorate. 
It's a nice, nice turn of phrase there. The mere mention of Clinton's name sent shockwaves through Washington. In past scandals, the Clintons have always evaded direct responsibility as aides were investigated or convicted from the Whitewater land deals to cattle futures. Even when long-sought documents in Whitewater were discovered outside of the family quarters and bearing Hillary Clinton's fingerprints, Washington quickly moved on. Clinton was not supposed to be the object of the Sussman trial because Judge Christopher Cooper, an Obama appointee, issued a series of orders limiting the scope of the trial and its evidence. The orders were viewed as sparing the Clinton campaign and the Democratic National Committee potential embarrassment. Yet, even after winning such limiting orders, it was the defense that called Mook to the stand, out of order, in the midst of the prosecution's case, because he was scheduled to leave on vacation, and he proceeded to confirm that Clinton herself approved of the tactic. It was Washington's worst kept but least acknowledged secret. On July 28, 2016, then-CIA Director John Brennan briefed President Obama on Hillary Clinton's alleged plan to tie Donald Trump to Russia as a means of distracting the public from her use of a private email server. Obama reportedly was told how Clinton allegedly approved a proposal from one of her foreign policy advisors to vilify Donald Trump by stirring up a scandal claiming interference by the Russian Security Service. Thus, Mook testified that Clinton did precisely what Brennan warned Obama was being planned. By the way, does it bother anyone that a CIA director is briefing a president on a political campaign strategy targeting the opposite party. If it doesn't, then you need to check your filter of that which bothers you and that which doesn't. The date of Brennan's warning is important. It was three days before the FBI's collusion investigation began. It was also a couple of months before Sussman contacted FBI General Counsel Jim Baker while claiming he was not representing any client. There is a strikingly familiar pattern in both the Steele dossier, which became the basis for the Russian collusion investigation, and the Alpha Bank tale. Campaign associates developed both claims while actively seeking to conceal their connections from the public and the government, including reportedly denying the funding of the Steele dossier and concealing the funding as legal costs. That's what involved Sussman and his law firm. The campaign then pushed these unfounded claims to the media and the FBI. Indeed, prosecutors this week contended that Sussman continued to push the Alpha Bank claims after Trump was elected in an apparent effort to fuel the Russian collusion claims being breathlessly reported in the media at the time. When Clinton allegedly approved this effort, at least some people connected to her campaign were aware that the bank theory was never viewed as credible by researchers tasked with supporting it. Got that? They had already known it was untrue. They had already known it was a hoax. And yet here's Hillary Clinton pushing it to the media, the the media and the Democratic operatives nonetheless. Give them the old razzle dazzle for an attorney who hasn't been in court for an awfully long time hillary clinton plays this to a fairly well despite a record of clinton associates pushing unfounded allegations to the fbi on both the Steele dossier and the alpha bank mook and another witness 
Clinton campaign general counsel Mark Elias. Yeah, I think that's how he pronounces it. I've heard it a few different ways. Clinton campaign general counsel Mark Elias insisted they preferred to use the media for such efforts. The campaign found a conduit in one liberal magazine, for example, whose story was then citing it as a bombshell report, as if the campaign had had nothing to do with it. For her part, Clinton not only approved using the Alpha Bank claim, but helped to portray it as an established fact, tweeting, quote, Computer scientists have apparently uncovered a covert server linking the Trump organization to a Russian-based bank, close quote. Better put, a more honest tweet would have been, and it would have never been released, obviously, was people on my campaign have put together a fake story to make Donald Trump look like he's in league and bed with the Russians. But no. The claim was amplified by one of her campaign advisors, Jake Sullivan, who is now President Biden's national security advisor. Sullivan declared at the time, quote, this could be the most direct link yet between Donald Trump and Moscow. Computer scientists have uncovered a covert server linking the Trump organization to a Russian-based bank, close quote. Computer scientists did uncover that. They also invented it. They also worked for Hillary Clinton. Sullivan added that he could only assume federal authorities will now explore the direct connection between Trump and Russia as part of their existing probe. Well, there was, in fact, as the FBI's Baker said, no there there, quote unquote, nothing there. Months after approving the Alpha Bank strategy, Clinton called in December 2016 to censor opponents whom she accused of spreading falsehoods to try to influence elections. She declared that it's now clear that so-called fake news can have real-world consequences. That's what she said. Indeed, Clinton has pushed for state and corporate censorship while demanding a global reckoning with those who spread disinformation. Of course, Sussman could still face the real consequences of conviction given the strength of the evidence against him. Yet there will likely not be consequences, let alone a reckoning for Hillary Clinton. This isn't just principle and opinion hierarchy. This is, as Ryan Williams says, regime hierarchy. I'm Seth Liebson, 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show, portions of which are brought to you by uh, the good people at Balance of Nature, balanceofnature.com. Their fruits and veggies are what I take every single day. I did the great interview, great interview with Tom Jones, who uh, is being fueled by Balance of Nature and sponsored by Balance of Nature in running 76 marathons in 76 days across the country to help teach American history, going from one American village that already exists to the one that will be building and breaking ground in Utah. I just love the balance of nature is behind him physically. More importantly, to me at least, I like that they're behind him morally and on behalf of America. They don't just help endow this conversation. They help endow the teaching of American history, and they make the best product I've ever taken internally. Balance of nature's fruits and veggies. Support them to support yourself balanceofnature.com. Make sure to use discount code BALANCE. That's discount code BALANCE. All right. So the question naturally, excuse me, the question naturally, don't know why I can't, I have Dagny in here with me today. Maybe I'm just nervous. (laughs) 
<laughs> you shouldn't be nervous. Good girl. 13 years old. Uh, this month. 13 years old this month. Anyway, um, I uh, I know the natural question over the Hillary Clinton contretemps arises uh, a lot out of frustration. Will she ever pay a price? No. People get dissuaded by that and frustrated, rightfully so, because as we have learned, especially when it comes to justice involving crimes of a political nature, crimes committed by politicians in the service of politics, uh, it's always a double standard, always at best, at best, Republicans uh, are treated as the away team, at best, um, and Democrats are treated as they who can do no wrong. So an interesting question arises. Hillary Clinton was a United States senator. She was also the Secretary of State. If the Republican Congress, ta- if Republicans take over Congress in November, which I hope they do, God please, why not impeach her? Why not impeach her? Impeach someone who's not in office? Well, you betcha. They tried to do that to Donald Trump and commissioned the Congressional Research Service to see if they could because they wanted to impeach him a second time and weren't sure if they could muster the time to do so before he left office when they indeed did do so in January of 2020. You remember that? In fact, the Congressional Research Service was tasked to see if you could impeach someone who was no longer in office, and the CRS responded, quote, It appears that most scholars who have closely examined the question have concluded that Congress has authority excuse me, that Congress has authority to extend the impeachment process to officials who are no longer in office. Why the heck not? They loved talking about twice impeached uh, Donald Trump. They loved talking about impeached Donald Trump. They loved saying impeachment is forever. Well, let's do what we have the ability to do. And since there will be no criminal justice for Hillary Clinton, we can rest assured Let there be a political consequence and let both Clintons also now be impeached. I'm not alone in thinking this. The folks over at Issues and Insights write much the same. During the entire four-year Trump presidency, the American people were deluged with fake Russia, Russia, Russia news. The mainstream media would not let up on the unfounded accusations that Trump was a stooge of Russian strongman Vladimir Putin, and there existed a dossier that proved it. It was a connection, said more than one talking head. That meant that Trump was not a legitimate president. By the way, Nancy Pelosi was one of them. Of course, it turned out that the dossier was a literal pack of lies and financed by Clinton and her party. If you want to know why conservatives recoil from such things as disinformation boards, it's for two reasons, obviously. One is because it's un-American. The government should not be in the business of saying what's true politically and what isn't. Governments are put together by people creating consent, not the government forging consent. A. B. We know damn well how this game is played and that their definition of disinformation means what Republicans say. Their definition of disinformation does not mean Democrats lying. That's why we were so riled up against it. In any event, the fact that the dossier was fake didn't stop Clinton 
the Democratic candidate whose turn it was to be president. It didn't stop her from approving one of the dirtiest political tricks in U.S. history to first severely wound Trump's election chances, but then second after that failed, ruin his presidency as much as possible. So last Friday, we learned from Clinton's 2016 campaign manager, Robbie Mook, as I said, that she personally approved planning a false claim that Trump had Moscow connections. Let me repeat that. She personally approved a false claim that Trump had Moscow connections. As I said, Mook was testifying in the trial of Michael Sussman, who is believed to have shopped lies about Trump to the FBI as a Clinton operative, though he claimed he was acting alone. Funny how he claimed to be acting alone, even as he billed the Clinton election campaign for his time doing what he was doing. Mook's statement under oath confirms that those who've argued for years that Clinton has engaged in crooked behavior have been right. What is this, like the 10th or 11th time? Is she going to claim some vast right-wing conspiracy? Now, the reason she can't is because vast right-wing conspiracy to the rest of the world means actual case in fact. That's what it has come to mean, actual case in fact. Her husband was alleged to have been engaging in an extramarital affair in the Oval Office and throughout the White House. She claims vast right-wing conspiracy, independent counsel, time, money, lives ruined, careers cost. And yeah, it's true. Turns out all of it was true. In fact, it was worse than we imagined. Politics have been a dirty business since the founding of the American Republic. No one claims different. But the Clinton campaign, with the aid of now hard left media, did its best to undermine an election that was as honest as we can expect. If the power mad former U.S. senator and secretary of state could have used the faux scandal she and her cabal set in motion to find a way to overturn the election, she most certainly would have. It sounds a lot like insurrection, doesn't it? At worst, her conduct, including using federal agencies to do her dirty work, might be criminal and deserving of a prison sentence. Minimally, though, Clinton should be impeached by the House and prosecuted in the Senate. If two-thirds of the chamber convicts her, she will carry the stink of corruption on her for the rest of her life, and that would be the least of her deserved punishments. Yes, justly deserved punishments. Just deserts. Condign punishment. I don't even care if the Senate doesn't convict. Let the House impeach. They can do it with the majority, and she can then join the ranks of her husband and forever impeached Donald Trump. I'm Seth Liebson, 602 We'll be right back. Well, he is simply the best. He is John Dombrowski, Jr. He is the founder and president of Grand Canyon Planning Associates. His website is grandcanyonplanning.com. And he has his own radio show here, The Word on Wealth. You can hear it every Saturday morning at 7 a.m. John, I hope you had a really good weekend. Well, I did. You yep. did? Thank you, <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. Gave you a new theme song there, Simply the Best. That is what you are. Yes. Uh, the opposite of that, uh, John, this is a 
question that only started occurring to me very, very recently. No doubt it's been on your radar screen for some time, and the Wall Street Journal is now giving some voice to it as well, which is a rising risk of recession creates new headache for Biden. The concerns that we could be going into a recession, the Federal Reserve's moves to fight inflation raises the risk of slower growth and even recession. What would a recession after a period of high inflation look like, John? Well, you know, I went back and just looked at the most recent uh, recession that we, well, I should say not the most recent, but I should say one of the, uh, you know, pretty powerful recession we yeah. had, which was back in 2008. Right. And it was totally different circumstance than we than we have today. We didn't have this high, high inflationary pressure that we're feeling right now. Um, you know, back then we had a situation to where we had the financial crisis uh, because of the bad loans right. that were made out there, right? right. And uh, the Fed was battling that by actually creating liquidity. They were lowering interest rates, trying to spark uh, a form of, uh, you know, economic growth. Whereas here, it's just the opposite. We have the Fed now, ri- you know, raising rates, trying to slow down the economy so that it doesn't continue to overheat and create all of this uh, pressure upon, uh, you know, every every pra- every business out there that's feeling this. Uh, and what what I am seeing here, I looked at the markets again and how we might expect them to react, because that's really what I do, right, is uh, investments in the stock market. And if I look back at some of the, some of the past, uh, you know, periods of time when we had inflationary pressures and, you know, uh, a falling market like this, these types of recessions, um, on average, um, lasted, you know, within a... Uh, Six months to eighteen months, yeah. but the recovery was rapid, yeah. and within a year, I mean, you know, if the markets are down thirty percent, you see a, a, a recovery of thirty plus percent right. uh, that that following year. So, I just want to uh, give people a little bit of encouragement out there. I realize it is it's a difficult time right now to kind of get through this. And hey, when you look at your accounts and you see the value of your portfolios down the way they are right now, that is not something that feels good. You can do some things with this. You can you can make some changes to your portfolio, and hopefully you have. You've been working with someone that's doing this for you. Um, but please don't get caught in this trap to, you know, right now to sell everything and go to cash, and then you miss some type of a recovery. I don't know when that's going to happen. I'm not predicting no, anything here. No, of course not. But we, we've seen over time that the markets recover, and if you're patient and if you uh, can take this, this emotion out of it, maybe make those adjustments, you can certainly mitigate the losses that have occurred and recoup them over time. And it's why this is not a short-term game investing in anything. John, um, if there is a recession, and by the way, that none of this is guaranteed, but we're, you right. know, we worry about things around the corner. If there is a recession, that could and likely would mean uh, rising unemployment again. And, you know, that would be another good argument for not withdrawing money now when you're watching the stock market go through its corrections. I mean, you're right. The antibodies kick in. Lousy last week. Today it's all green. Right. Today, but tomorrow, who knows tomorrow? Yeah, right. Who knows what tomorrow is? But while we're at a point of employment... Say you know, don't 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 take money out for a day you may need it. No, but historically we see the S and P 500 has fallen about 29 percent around a recession, uh, and that median drop 
So somewhere in the middle is around 24%. So we're, we're, we're close to this right now, yeah. which, which would tell us it's possible that we're close to a bottom right now. I'm not saying that there could be some more, uh, but we're close. So this is where oftentimes people get to a point to where they just can't hold on any longer. Yep. They give up. And you know, Seth, it's it's like in a race, right? Yep. When you're 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 giving, you're going to give up in that marathon when you have just a little bit left to go, and you, you decide to quit. And if you would have just hung in there for a little bit, you get that second wind, and you can get through it. And it's the same with the market. I think people can be successful with their investment strategies if they can just, um, you know, get through this this uncomfortable period of time we're going through right now. That twenty sixth mile is in sight. Thank you, John Dombrowski. Yes, sir. You bet. Securities and advisory services offer the Client One Securities LLC, a member of Fenrir and Zipkin, an investment advisor. Grant Canyon Plenty Associates LLC and Client One Securities LLC are not affiliated. Thank you, Seth. Bless you, John. I'm Seth Liebson, 602-508-0960. Be right back. Rave has really taken on a different meaning than Buddy Holly. Think of what Buddy Holly thought about when he was talking about Rave versus what it is now. Hey, for those of you looking for a great investment opportunity with a great return for investors, check out my friends at Y Refi. They have a great project program for you. We're talking about a fixed no-load interest rate up to 10.25% for investors, all in a secure and collateralized portfolio. Y-Refi is a due diligence approved firm run by fantastic people who are doing very well by helping others and you can be too. The business they're in is helping people dig out of debt and doing so the right way, doing the right thing, paying off their debts and with dignity and seeing a lot of FICO score recovery along the way. What more can I tell you about these guys? I know them well and like them even more. InvestYRefi.com is how you can check them out. That's invest, the letter Y, then R-E-F-Y.com or give them a call at 855-316-3087. That's investyrefi.com or 855-316-3087. Uh, the good folks at uh, Bill Luke Auto are endowing and supporting our tribute to uh, Memorial Day and those who have paid the uh, their last full measure of devotion. And um, we thank them so much for this. And we'll be reading the stories that you folks have, um, have put in. Uh, this is not an official entry, but I love it, and I thought I would kick it off and read official entries a little later throughout the show. But let me start with listener Charles, who kind of set a really nice um, example here. As Memorial Day approaches, I'm thinking about Pat Tillman. I attended ASU football games when Tillman was playing and remembered his move to the NFL when he appropriately was signed by the local Arizona Cardinals. He went to Arizona State University to play football but he never let football define his life. That included his dedication to academics and graduation. He had a lucrative career in the NFL, but never let professional football define his life in regard to the bigger issues. He made a life-changing decision following the events of September 11, 2001. It was a calling of sorts when he walked away from a huge contract. Pat Tillman joined the Army and was tragically killed in 2004 by what turned out to be friendly fire. 
9-11 did define his life, and he gave the ultimate sacrifice his life, while others, including those who were quite vocal in the years to follow, simply gave their knee. Yeah, nicely said, Charles. Nicely said. We'll get to the personal ones that were sent in a little bit later in the course of the show. But uh, first, uh, if you'll allow me uh, to... um, to give you another kind of interesting piece of the news here, um, I'll make a reference to this perhaps in my monologue in the third hour. But as Steve Hayward points out, remember last year how Georgia's new voting law was decried in newsrooms and boardrooms from C to signing she, C and caused Major League Baseball to move the All-Star game from Atlanta to Denver? Bill's nodding. He remembers. Remember what President Biden said? Do you remember? Washington Post headline, this is Jim Crow in the 21st century. That's what Joe Biden said. The headline was his quote, this is Jim Crow in the 21st century. Well, that was then. And today's Washington Post headline, voting is surging in Georgia despite controversial new election law. Nice to see the Post refusing to back down from the adjective controversial to describe a voting law that is more liberal than the president's home state of Delaware. Just who made it controversial? How do you get the phrase controversial around something these days? You know how. Partisan leftists and their dancing bears in newsrooms. Even worse for the left, I'll bet the surge in early voting in Georgia is overwhelmingly among Republican voters, as we are seeing in other primary states so far. I wonder if Major League Baseball will move this year's All-Star game to Atlanta to make up for their shameful virtue signaling last year. Yeah, think about it for a moment, folks. This law was supposed to suppress votes, and yet voting has increased by the tens of thousands in Georgia. I guess this is another new way that the dictionary of the wolves or the dictionary of the left works. Voter suppression is voter expansion. Voter suppression is more voting and more voters. Okay, just so we understand the hysteria in which we're forced to operate. You know, I was just thinking about that, the hysteria in which we're all supposed to operate. The one piece of hysteria none of us are going to be operating on is the fact that a former U.S. Secretary of State and candidate for president who led the charge that Donald Trump was an illegitimate president because of Russian collusion. One thing that's not going to be spoken about, I mentioned it earlier, is the fact that we have now testimony under oath in open court that she directed this mis and disinformation and directed it so that it would be put into the media so that it would get disseminated. She not only paid for the misinformation, she not, okay, let's do it right. She not only invented it, she paid for it. She then directed that it be disseminated to the media. And then for four years, she wailed about it. Just so we understand who the Clintons are. Now, a lot of us have known who the Clintons were for a long time. And boy, after he left office in 2001, I remember speaking, I was interviewing uh, Lucianne Goldberg. Anyone remember Lucianne Goldberg? Lucianne Goldberg was involved in the Monica Lewinsky scandal. And I remember saying, well, at least we won't have the Clintons to kick around anymore. 
And she said, oh, how wrong you are, Seth. They will never go away. They will never go away. And indeed, sure enough, she runs for Senate, becomes elected senator from New York. And from there, sure enough, she becomes secretary of state. And from there, sure enough, she becomes a presidential candidate who never learned how to say, you know what? Good job. We lost. See you in four more years. Or now let's roll up our sleeves to be the loyal opposition. She couldn't even come out and give a concession speech the night the election was called in 2016. Do you remember that? Do you remember that? Remember her campaign chairman had to come out and assure that she was okay, that they would be doing some recounting, and that she would have an announcement the next day. All the stories were that she was in the tank and furious and unable to face cameras. Boy, am I glad we didn't put that in the presidency. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, brought to you in part by the good folks at Balance of Nature. Everything from aloe vera and cherries to oranges, papaya, raspberries, apples, blueberries, pineapple, lemons, cranberries, grapes, all the good stuff. And that's just the beginning on their on their fruits. You get 16 whole fruits and 15 whole vegetables in each daily dose, a single daily dose from Balance of Nature. It's great, potent stuff. It's also pure it's 100% natural, not an added thing to it except fruits and veggies. I take it every single day. You can too. Balanceofnature.com. Make sure to use discount code BALANCE. Uh, just close the thought before Brandon Weikert joins us at the top of the next hour. You think we've got topics for Brandon? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Joe Biden in Taiwan. Joe Biden issuing new foreign policy and defense policy only to have the White House countermand it yet again. So he's done that with Europe. He's doing it with Asia as we speak. Meanwhile, Kamala Harris is out promoting mental health awareness and visits a hospital unmasked to have a photo op with children who are masked. And I'm wondering what's not wondering. I, in fact, know what's driven the mental health crisis the mental health pandemic we are now in. I know exactly what drove it. She did. She and her party drove this problem. They create problems in order to fix them. See, when you want to make America not great, when you want to make um, America less than good, when you want to make America ripe for radical or fundamental transformation, you have to actually create problems because we're doing pretty well without your meddling. We're doing pretty well. We're doing better than pretty well. How do I know that? I live in a border state. That's how I know it. I know it for a lot of other reasons, too. But I know people would not be clamoring and risking life and limb to get it to a country that's worse than theirs. And they're trying to from every other country in the world. Some legally, some illegally. Nothing can stop them from wanting to come here. Nothing. By the way, Kamala Harris had the border as part of her portfolio. It's not there anymore. She's just not doing it anymore. And Joe Biden isn't talking about it either. Oh, the Ukraine border he'll talk about. 
Oh, Taiwan's border he'll talk about. America's? Not so much. Don't go away, folks. We're going to cover it all with Brandon Weikert in just a trice. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.